Wednesday edition of the Pick 6 Podcast. The dulcet tones that you hear are not that of Will Brinson. But you know it's Jason Lockhanfora with me because of the background noise. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Jason, like, you don't have a newborn, right? So what noise could that possibly no. be making? Somebody else is, I don't know what they are, probably four, three or four-year-olds. I'm here. Uh, my daughter's about to start spring practice, so I'm at our neighborhood pool. With two of my three kids, the other one's at the orthodontist. So there you go. You got the full update. This is this is like pick six Nirvana here. Not only do we get Jason on the cell phone, but he's at a family event with lots of background noise. Flashbacks to football season on the train. We love that. So Jason, while you well, are dude, hard at work, if we'd have started it, if we would have started a half hour sooner like we were supposed to, I wouldn't have been here. Well, technically fifteen minutes, but yes, you are right. I was a little delayed. Shout out to the traffic in South Florida. Now, Jason, the reason why you and I are doing this is because our friend Bobby Brinson is still on vacation. Like I've never seen really? someone. He's been on vacation for three weeks. He's on vacation from his vacation. Like, what does this guy do that he needs to take three weeks off? Where's the guy who never off? works due for vacation? He, he, he never. Nasty, it's it's unreal. He, it's, he fires he up the podcast. He probably works ninety minutes a week, <laughs> and that includes the podcast. So, like, what he couldn't couldn't do, you know. Toss a bone and do a podcast or two during his world tour. Which, by the way, while he's on vacation, he's still tweeting 70 times a day with his Twitter jokes. What, what do you think he spends more time doing? Writing about the NFL for CBS or developing one-liners to use on Twitter? Oh, the latter. I don't, <laughs> think, it's, I don't think it's even close, is it? Is that even really a topic for debate? No. Is there, Follow is him on Twitter, a, at Will Brinson, uh, at Pick6Pod on Twitter. Where or, is he? Is He He was at some island. Where is he now? Is it, stay, is it the staycation portion of the vacation? I'm guessing or that he's he home like right now. Or is he at his mom's house at like the yeah. family compound or what? I think this is probably a scenario where like he's being – like his wife, AK, is probably like cracking the whip and he's driving all over the Carolinas. That would be my guess. Oh, wow, with their one kid. Ooh, wow. <laughs> he, how does he juggle it? Oh, he's such a renaissance man. So our man Bobby – And still find time to buff his loafers. Wow. He, he's our, multitasking. So our man Bobby will be back do you next think week. He cuts his own grass. Um, or pays a kid in the neighborhood to do it. I w- I think he might do it, but I think it's more I'm like his sure. wife makes I'm him torn. do it. Okay. I don't think his wife would care if he subcontracted it out. To be honest with you, probably not. All right. Would so, be my hunch on that one. So Bobby will be back next week. Uh, can't wait in all seriousness to get Will back from his vacation. A well-deserved vacation for Will as much as we like to bust his chops. He is still our guy. So make sure to listen next week when Will Brinson is back. But until then, me and Jason Lockhart for today on Wednesday, recording on Tuesday. Dave Richard will be filling in later in the week. Maybe we'll hear from our buddy Pete Prisco as well, but maybe not. All right, uh, Jason, we got some big news today. Let's start with Andrew Luck. Finally. After 500 days since his last NFL game, he's finally throwing a football again. Video tweeted out by the Colts official Twitter account. So this seems like it's pretty big news, or is it? What are you hearing on Andrew Luck? I mean, he was throwing a ball, what, around this time last year? I mean, I'm trying to piece it all back together. He didn't do anything, I think, in OTAs, but then he started throwing a ball in the summer. Right, and then around the start of the season, or a few weeks before the start of the season, they tried to ramp it up, and then it all fell apart. So, I, I'm, 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 look, I'm incredibly happy he's reached this point, and and I, you know, for a competitor like him, it must feel awesome. But I, I would just caution everybody that um, he, he he reached this point before. Now I know he's had treatments in Europe and everything since then, but you know what he didn't get to is a point where he could throw for you know consecutive days without a setback throw a full route tree with the regular football 
you know, more than every other day and be able to do that for a few weeks to then progress to every other point in the road. So, um, 500 days, long time and throwing shoulder and, and everything else. So, I mean, anybody who appreciates the game of football, um, has to be hoping this guy can get back to where he was. I just don't know that anybody can guarantee that. I don't think there's a doctor who can guarantee it, a surgeon, um, uh, a kinesiologist, anybody. Everybody responds differently. And I don't think Andrew Luck himself knows exactly the trajectory this is going to go on. I, I hope it, it, it's continued baby steps. Um, and at some point this year, he's cleared to play in a football game, hopefully some point soon in this year. But I, I, don't, I think you'd be um, doing a disservice to him and medicine if anybody's out there saying, well, because he's throwing the ball on June the 12th, He'll be good to go, you know, September the 9th. It doesn't quite work that way. The September the 9th, as you referenced, that week one game at home against the Cincinnati Bengals, which I think is pretty fascinating here. Um, if Luck's healthy, I mean, this is what's funny, right? The AFC South has been bad for a long time, Jason. It's now on the up and up, right? Two playoff teams last year, Jacksonville and Tennessee. Deshaun Watson, in theory, if he's healthy for 16 games, the Texans should be better. Even if Andrew Luck is healthy for the full 16 games, I still feel like this could be a bad season for the Indianapolis yeah. Colts because as good as Luck is, and again, we're assuming that he's going to be fully healthy here. That may not be the case. They, they, I think, are pretty clearly the worst team in that division. You agree? Yeah, probably. Probably. Although, look, I mean, the Texans were a horribly non-competitive football team when they lost their quarterback. And, and he, he obviously is makes all the difference in the world, but he, he's not built like Cam Newton. And if they're running a lot of RPOs and, and he's slowed even a fraction early on by this injury, I, you know, he's got to, you got to see it, man. You know, you, you got to see him get through, through 16 weeks. And without him, they were a disaster. And defensively, I can't count on, on J.J. Watt back at this point. I think you almost have to look at him as if, if they get him quasi-regularly, it's a bonus. So, I still think that's a team that could really go either way. Um, you know, Jacksonville, I believe, is going to regress, but I don't think they're going to fall off a cliff. No, it's too, um, they're too Tennessee talented. actually has a real, you know, Tennessee might actually have a, an NFL offense this year. And actually <laughs> what a novel concept, right? Yeah. Who, you know, who were fairly confident at devising a game plan and calling plays. So <laughs> I think there's nowhere to go offensively for them, but up, <clears throat> excuse me, defensively, um, I think Rabel will, will have an impact on, on, on how they play. So, you know, I think they'll be decent. So, yeah, I would still think, even with luck, the Colts might be bringing up the rear. But Houston, I really think, has boomer bust potential. I agree with that. I very much agree with that. Because everyone's expecting Deshaun Watson to come in and do what he did in his first seven games last year before the ACL tear. And, look, that may very well happen, but there's a book out on him now. I just have a feeling it won't be as easy as it was last year for Watson. That doesn't mean the Texans are going to be bad or Watson's going to be bad. I just think that we may be rushing a little bit in the words of the late, great Denny Green to crown Deshaun Watson and the Houston yeah. Texans. Now, Jason, I'm happy that we have you on the show today for many different reasons. Always love talking to you. Mostly but, uh, for the background noise. I love the background noise, of course. I do miss the uh, the glass clinking on Sunday nights during NFL season. Um, you're our oh, NFL insider, enough, indeed, for CBS Sports. So we got a lot of news that we got to hit today, and I'm hoping that you, that you got something for us on a bunch of these things here. Let's start with David Johnson, the Cardinals running back, who announces that he will not be attending mandatory team minicamps, um, seeking a new contract, um, obviously coming off that injury last yeah. year, entering the final year of his rookie deal, set to make only $1.9 million. Steve Kimes, Steve Wilkes, and the Cardinals going to give Johnson this contract. How do you th- how do you think it's going to play out? 
Uh, it, it, it has to happen, and, and I think they realize that. And I talked about this on H2 last week when there were these reports of his injury, and I said at the time, I can't tell you everything I know, but he's healthy. You know, I'm not going to tell you exactly why he left OTAs, but he, he can play football. It's not related to an injury. And they've been talking a little bit, and nothing's come to fruition. Um, no deal got done before the minicamp. So he's going to stay away and not risk their injury, and that $85,000 is – is chump change when you're talking about a guy who could be looking at, you know, I don't know, $40 million in guarantees? I mean, Sammy Watkins got $45 million guarantee. You come to Sammy Watkins, the after football player, David Johnson. Um, so I, I get it from his standpoint. That 85 k he'll, he'll get back in spades over time whenever this contract is sorted out. Um, but I don't think anything gets done until, at this point, so sometime after July 16th, because I wrote about this phenomenon this week. So, so at some point, running backs are going to get to do. Yeah. And I just don't think it's going to be Le'Veon Bell this year. I mean, this, the, the Steelers will squat on him for various reasons. Including, He's still going to make you know, a ton passes. of money, obviously, with the franchise. Yeah, he'll make his $14 million, but that, that Look, if you're talking $14 million versus $50 million guaranteed, that's a massive chasm. I mean, again, Jarvis Landry makes $16 million a year. He's not half the football player. That Le'Veon Bell is. He doesn't do half the things or, to influence an Or David Johnson, for that matter. That, 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 that Le'Veon Bell does, or David Johnson. So, you know, I, I, I'm still saying all that because of past injuries and because particularly the suspension. I don't think the Steelers are going to give Le'Veon Bell $50 million guaranteed over the next three years, um, you know, and, and upwards of $16, $17 million a year, which means he's playing for one more year, which means once that sort of gets resolved, then I think the, the, the Cardinals and David Johnson's representative, Brian Matthew, does a hell of a job. We'll get back together. And maybe it's David Johnson who sets that, that pinnacle. And Le'Veon Bell follows next year as an unrestricted free agent. Um, but, but that's what's going on here. It's trying to get a gauge on what could, could Bell really get what he was asking for last year from Pittsburgh. I, again, I don't see it happening. But if you're, if you're David Johnson at this point, you skip the mini camp and you just wait on the off chance that, that the Steelers do blink, you know, July 16th. All right, a couple more big-name players we got to hit that are skipping minicamps. Let's start with Julio Jones of the Falcons here. You know, he signed his contract fairly recently, so, I mean, yeah. I understand why some people would be like, why is Julio doing what he's doing? But then you look, Jason, you referenced the Jarvis Landry contract. Jarvis Landry's making more money this year than Julio Jones. Sammy Watkins slated to make more money than Julio Jones. I mean, we've seen other Allen Robinson slated to make more money than Julio Jones. Yeah. I would say that none of those players are as good as Julio Jones. He's eighth amongst wide receivers in average annual salary. Just watch Mike Evans blow the lid off of what he's making. And again, Julio is a better receiver than Mike Evans. I think even the, the most ardent Buccaneers fans in their most private moments would have to admit that here. How about Julio with a statement from Thomas Dimitrov, how this is going to play out with the Falcons? I think mean, this is one where they goose the pot. They, they, they give him some makeable incentives. Maybe you throw a million or two in front of him. I don't see them tearing up that contract and giving him, you know, the money that perhaps an Odell Beckham's about to get or the money that Sammy Watkins just, just received. I mean, you know, it, and I, I think if you look through the history of my reporting, I, 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 I get this league and I get how few bites at the apple these guys get. And I understand what they have to do to get leverage. And I've supported a lot of holdouts and, 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 and sit out and boycott in my day. But this guy did, you know, he, he made a conscious decision just a few ba- years back that I'm going to take the bird in the hand, right, rather than get to unrestricted yep. creation. So that's the bargain you make. Um, some guys end up being in a position where they play their contract out, and then they hit the market, and then other guys 
Mike Cousins and like Le'Veon Bell probably a year from now if he stays healthy will get franchised twice and then still hit the market at a young enough age where they get the best of both worlds. They get the monster single-year contracts and then they get uh, a market-setting guarantee on top of it on a long-term deal. Once they do get to the market, you know, that might have been Julio had he played it out that way, but he didn't, and understandably so. Um, and, and look, he doesn't – this is year two with Sark. Sark's either going, you know, he's either he's either going to be a, a, a sharp play caller who calls the most out of his best assets. He's got to shelf that Tech Bowl Bowl playbook with like the four or, plays in it, or, or, calling or the not, same plays. Right? Like, but, but it, yeah, but the onus isn't on Julio Jones to, to be there with pom poms on a glorified cheerleader during minicamp. I mean, I don't. I, I wish people could see what doesn't go on. At no, it is annoying, it is, and like, and that's that's the fan aspect of this. No. It's like Falcons it's a, fans. It's a babysitting service. It's a glorified babysitting service to keep young guys out of trouble. That's what OTAs are. But it's also like Falcons fans. Like Julio's getting a lot of flack on Twitter from Falcons fans. It's like, guys, it's ridiculous. Relax. He's the best player on the team. <laughs> He's going to be there in week one when they play the Eagles in Philadelphia. And by the way, if your offensive coordinator had a clue, you probably would have beaten the Eagles in the divisional round and gone to the NFC Championship game. So just a little perspective here with Julio Jones and what's going on there. And there's nothing that would ever happen on three days in June with a guy of that caliber and that stature who's already at the top of his craft and who stays in tremendous shape year-round and who's a warrior and plays through injury. There's there's, there's really nothing for him to gain. I mean, there's really – more for him to lose by some freak injury than for him to gain by booking, you know, trying to be the Braves, you know, the team first guy and wearing his pom-poms and trying to, you know, pretend to these rookies that these glorified walkthroughs really are going to affect their career. All right, a couple more guys for us to hit big-name players that are holding out for new contracts. And uh, the next two guys, I really understand it for them. I mean, these guys really deserve to get paid. I personally think one more so than the other, but you can make an easy case for both. Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. I think Donald's the best defensive player in yeah. football. Jason, he was the highest-ranked non-quarterback on Pete Prisco's top 100 list, which you can check out on CBSSports.com. Donald came in at number three overall. Mack, the 2016 Defensive Player of the Year. Let's start with Aaron Donald. Owed $7 million uh, this season, final year of his rookie deal. Um, he held out last year, and the Rams didn't pay him. Rams have got to pay hold, this guy. But, I mean, he, he held out up until the night before week one, and then he caved. I mean... He let him off the hook. So what about and that this was year? the time to do it with a rookie head coach before he was established now as this rock star, and when you still didn't know what Jared Goff was, and when you really had, you know, Les Snead hot under the collar and, and worried about maybe his job. I, I still can't believe the guys at CAA, you know, let backed off. I, I just think they dropped the ball a year ago, and now they're in the same boat here now. But but they have to stick to their guns now. There's, there's no way. He, after the things that they've done and the money they've thrown out over the years and where they are as a program now, and it's not like Wade Phillips is going to be coaching for eight more years. You know what I mean? Like, this is it. They just went and rented a bunch of guys for the year with, with the various trades and signings they made. They're, they're all in before they have to take off. I mean, they got to pay him. They, they have to pay him. He, he has to become the highest-paid defensive player in the history of football. Like, he's the and best that, defensive player in the league. Head. Like, this isn't, like, a, a hot take. This is, like, he's the best defensive player in the league. And he's been, he's been it for at least two years and maybe three. Yeah. And, and you take him out of that equation and the whole thing crumbles. And, and uh, trust me, Wade knows that. They all know that. And that's a great point so, by you. And Prisco said it, Jason. Like, and some people think it's more of a concern than others. I, I, I'm Actually, I agree with Pete. 
Like, I understand this Rams defense on paper is going to be really good, and I like the pieces in the secondary with Peters and Tlaib, et cetera. But where is... Where's the pass rush coming from off the edge? Like, I know you've got Donald and Sue, but, I mean, if Donald's not there, this thing ain't working. Like, that house of cards is falling, and I don't care how good the cornerbacks are. If there's no pass rush, ultimately the opposing receivers are going to have time to get open. Like, they've got to pay Aaron Donald. Like, and it's crazy to me that they haven't already. It really is. It really is insane. Um, so Yeah, I, but, but, again, spring football doesn't matter, and if it did, Cronky would have been, you know, on on a plane with Donald's guy, and Bob Kraft, right? Instead of flying around the world and doing whatever he did in May, he, he would have been meeting with Brady's guy and Gronk's guy. But they're not because nobody really cares about June, you know, other than the media and the fans and people who've kind of been brainwashed by the twenty four seven, you know, fifty two weeks a year, you know, NFL news cycle that that. It, it really, it, there really isn't always something going on, but but, but I get it. But they, they still have. Even if it doesn't get done by the start of camp, it's not the end of the world. But it, it needs to get done, you know, by early August, or or, or now you're you're putting his health at risk, and and you're starting to put your your scheme and your season a little bit under risk. Um, you know, he came back last year, and after a couple of weeks, was was immediately back in form. But you run the risk of missing a lot of time again, and then coming back, and injuries more often than not. Yeah, they can't have tend it. Tend to crop up. It's supposed to be a Super Bowl yeah. year so, for the Rams. So, like, you can't and risk that's it. why Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack's going to sit on his hands. Let's see what this guy gets. Yeah. Because there's more of an onus on the, the the Rams to pay Donald yesterday than there is on the Raiders to pay Mack today or tomorrow. It's, Especially since Mack's going to make too. Mack's, Mack's going to make Mack gets fourteen mil. Twice. Yeah. If Matt, what is Mack? Twenty four, twenty five. If he gets franchised twice. He will make massive money in those two years, and if he stays healthy, he will get the Kirk Cousins of Defenders contract. You know, at the open point. market in in twenty twenty. Max actually so, twenty seven. I thought you were probably right, but it's still though the point. The point remains still though that like, that doesn't change what you're saying. You're you're hundred percent right, and we'll dive into Mac in a second. But Jason, first, you know, if you people are listening right now. You're a big NFL fan since it's the middle of June and you're listening to an NFL podcast and we appreciate you. Now, if indeed it's true that you are a true football fan, you've got to have the Roku streaming player. Not just watch the NFL, but you can watch CBS Sports HQ on it as well. You can catch me 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. Sunday through Thursday. Always, uh, always at work I am. I feel like I go to sleep, I wake up and I'm on the set. Story for another time. So the Roku streaming player, it's a device that you plug into your TV, unlocks thousands of live streaming and on-demand channels, including the free CBS Sports app, with which you can watch CBS Sports HQ. Now, if you've got any subscriptions to any of the professional sports league apps, they're all available on the Roku platform, which is awesome. You can stream them right away to your television. And even, Jason, if you don't have those premium subscriptions, Roku's an awesome way to catch your favorite local teams live with apps coming through many cable providers. Plus, of course, Roku has access to all the movies and TV shows you could want with more than 500,000 available across free and paid channels. That's right, 500,000. So check it all out. Roku streaming players start at just $29.99 for the basic player, or you can spring for the higher-end players, which stream in 4K with HDR. Looks fantastic. Father's Day is right around the corner. Roku players make an awesome gift for Pop, so make sure you check it out. Roku.com, that's R-O-K-U.com, to learn more and start streaming today. All right, so I'll take a second here, order your Roku players. Thank you very much. And Jason, uh, Khalil Mack, will he get paid before week one by the Oakland Raiders? 
I don't think that they really start talking until they see what Aaron Donald gets. And, and then once that market is set, um, we'll see how close and how comfortable Mark Davis is to slotting Khalil Mack in just about that same position. I don't think he'll beat um, um, Donald, but you don't want to sell yourself short. And um, a lot of people are, again, not to go back to the Donald thing at lunch, but a lot of people were shocked that he caved last year and feel like, you know, had he stuck to his guns by October, he would have got a massive contract, which would have led to, you know, been a springboard for several other defensive line extensions, most notably Max. So I don't see how Mark Davis doesn't try to keep him, but they're not going to do anything to make it particularly easy for him either. And um, a lot of people have, and quarterbacks are different and quarterbacks don't get hurt the way some other positions do and all that. But a lot of people have looked at this cousin thing and, and the way he and his agent Mike McCartney handle that and said, you know, if, if I've got a player of a certain steely mindset who's, who's like cousins willing to sort of gamble a little bit, we may have a, a you know, 24 month run where we cash in twice from the franchise tag, which already puts us among the highest paid to ever play and then get the long term deal off of that. So, um, uh, I, I I can't see the Raiders not eventually doing it. I mean, they've got to because that defense is, would fall apart without him. Like he's the linchpin. They don't have much thing. with him. So I'm correct. Mean, yeah, correct. The defense has been horrible with him. Now, well, I, I guess that's a fair point. It's like the old George Young quote from the early '80s yeah. when he said, "If the Brad Van Pelt when they cut Brad Van Pelt when they were two and twelve, like we went two and twelve with you, we can go two or two and twelve without you." Yeah. So I understand what you're saying, but Mac is obviously one of the finest pass rushers in football. So like Jason just said. They'll wait to see the Raiders will. John Gruden, Reggie McKenzie, wait to see what the Rams do with Aaron Donald, and then they'll look into paying Khalil Mack. Um, more breaking news coming out, Jason. This just a couple hours ago as we taped this on Tuesday. I can't remember a season or an offseason, I guess, where we've had this many high-profile players holding out. Taylor Lewan, the star uh, offensive tackle for the Tennessee Titans, will not be attending, and uh, the the Titans GM John Robinson releasing this statement. We're informed by the representatives for Lawan that he won't be attending. We've had constructive conversations about his contract status. He's under contract, working to keep Taylor as part of the Titans for a long time. What's the latest on Taylor Lawan in Tennessee? Because, look, he's a big part of their identity on offense, running the football, yeah. big and nasty, love the attitude for him yeah. as an offensive lineman. How about Taylor Lawan, the former first-round pick of Tennessee? I mean, the reason you're – you're seeing this is because of how many marginal players or slightly above average players got top of the market deals really across the board on offense other than running back. I mean, Nate Solder, who like, he's a a good left tackle. You know what I mean? Like he's solid. You can win with him, but he's not Luan who really is the face of that offense who sets the tone physically. That's actually true, right? Like that's not a hyperbolic statement that you just made. Like he actually has been like the face of that offense. He 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 has. I mean, for better or for worse, because he, he, he you know he loses his cool and he goes overboard and he's still got some maturity issues. Kind of a lunatic, but yeah. But it, it's kind of endearing he, though, as he, an old lineman. He he embodies everything that Russ Grimm has put into that offensive line since he took over that group, and since they went from being um, a failure to the, the primary strength of that team. And he's a bodyguard for Mariota on the field, and he, he's the road grader in the run game. And I mean. So when you see Nate Solder get $15 million a year just because he happened to hit the market and there was nobody else there, there's going to be, there's going to be reverberation. Taylor I mean, Lewan is twice as good Bell, as Nate Solder. Right? Twice as good as Nate Solder. Would you, you agree with that? 
What's that? Taylor Lewan is twice as good as Nate Solder at this point in Solder's I, career. I mean, he's younger and stronger and more athletic and better. I mean, yeah. Period. He, he's, he's better. He's yes. superior to him. I don't know about twice as good or whatever, but far superior. I mean, Nate Solder is a good starting left tackle. Taylor Lewan is a franchise left tackle. He's a guy you can build your team around. So, I mean, you it's, it, all these are tied together. you got Le'Veon Bell looking at Jarek McKinnon and saying, you got to be bleeping kidding me. You've got Odell Beckham looking at Jarvis Landry and Sammy Watkins saying, that they're that, then I'm 20. And you got Luan saying, well, this guy's 15 a year, and what am I, 18? You know what I mean? Yeah. And what am I supposed to play for? And it's going to cost me 85K to sit out? Yeah, let's, let's, let's put a little heat on that. We got about five, um, ten more minutes, Jason. We got one more piece of news, and then I want to hit a couple quick hitters with you on ta- a column you wrote for CBSSports.com, and maybe your quick take on Prisco's top one hundred here. Our last piece of news: um, Odell Beckham Jr. running around at Giants minicamp. Got to imagine Pat Shermer feels good about that. Saquon Barkley looked really good catching a, a wheel route from Eli Manning and bursting past the defense for a touchdown. Look, I'm on record as a Giants fan. I don't think the team's going to be very good this year, but still, Odell being there is obviously a positive. You are as plugged in as it gets, Jason. Is the mood around the Giants, around Odell Beckham, good? Are they feeling like this is going to be, he's going to be back and healthy? His contract situation, you're kind of on load for us here on Odell Beckham and his situation with Big Blue. This is irrelevant. I'll go back to the column I wrote at the start of camp. I mean, at the start of OTAs. Tom Brady not being there is irrelevant, and Odell Beckham being there is irrelevant. Because if neither one gets, not that Brady's going to hold out in regular season, but but they'll never let it get to that point. Tom Brady's going to get something put into his contract so that in September he's not the 18th most highest compensated quarterback in the NFL. Which is asinine, one. yeah. And Odell Beckham is not going to go into that season making half of what Jarvis Landry and Sammy Watkins make because he won't be there. Like he's, he's, Tom Brady, the way for Tom Brady to get Bob Kraft's attention is to say, I'm, I'm not your biggest cheerleader anymore, you know, Text me on Instagram from Monaco with my model wife. Deuces. I'm out. See you guys in September. Probably, maybe, I guess, probably, maybe, pay me. For Odell, he's got to do the opposite because of the past transgressions, because of his attitude. And he's done everything right to his credit. Because of the video, he's got to go the other way and be Mr. Happy May June guy. Oh, I'm so happy to be around these new guys. Oh, yeah, Hope Springs Eternal. Oh, Coach Shermer. Yeah, put those installs in, baby. I love it. I love it. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. That's not going to matter if, if we get to September and he's set to play for $8 because he's not going to be there. Like, that's the reality. Why, if you were him, why would you be there? You can make half that, maybe all of that, just in incentives for a couple of months and then play it out. Are you going to trade me? What are you really going to do? I mean, are, are they going to go play six, eight games without him? And then, Or maybe he comes back week 10 and plays the six weeks he's got to play to get his accrued season. But what has become of the Giants in the meantime? There's $20 million a year out there, Frank. Yeah. Somebody, somebody just gave Cousins $90 million for three. Somebody's given Odell 60 for three. I, w- I would imagine so. Multiple teams will. And, and, and I feel like Odell <laughs> kind of is so done. you represent him. What, do you have emphysema? Are you Giants, all right, buddy? And the, and the Giants won't do it, then that's fine. I will get to a point where I get that from somebody, and I'm not going to risk my health anymore in the meantime. Yep, so we'll see what happens with Odell Beckham. I personally will give him credit for the way that he's handled it thus far this offseason, doing everything right, no, saying I'm the right things. No, I'm taking nothing away from it. Oh, I know but, you're but, not. I'm just saying it as well. If, I'm kind if, of, if, yeah. if it's the first day of camp and everybody's reporting for physicals and he's still set to play out on the fifth-year option, I would be overwhelmingly stunned if he's in that building. 
All right, Jason, let's close here with uh, you have a column up on CBSSports.com right now. Your top 10 quarterbacks uh, under pressure in 2018. Really interesting list. I'll read off all the names here and then we'll focus on a couple of them. We have Ryan Tannehill, A.J. McCarron, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, and Blake Bortles. I want to start with Tannehill. I know we have a lot of Dolphins fans here. Tannehill obviously didn't play at all last year with the torn ACL. Adam Gase showing a ton of faith in Tannehill by not taking quarterback in the first round. Tannehill is the unquestioned guy right now after Jay Cutler filled in last year. I'm actually, Jason, of the opinion right now, and I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think Tannehill, look, I don't think the Dolphins are going to the playoffs, so don't confuse what I'm about to say. I think Tannehill could end up having a better season than people think because the bar has been set so low at this point. What have you heard from Dolphins camp right now from the people in that organization about Tannehill's progression coming off the ACL? Well, I mean, look, Adam Gase didn't get to win every battle that took place in this in that organization this year over players. Um had he, I'm not sure, uh, Sue, for one, would be out the door, but that was an ownership decision. But, you know, he, he has to get what he wants at quarterback. I mean, if you're otherwise, why is he there? You know what I mean? Like, just go hire Joel Philbin again or whatever. Like, so he, he has been the staunchest defender of Tannehill, even though he didn't draft him. You know, he inherited him. But he fell in love with him quickly, and he loved that what the work they did together that first offseason, and he loved what, what he was doing. You know, right up until he got hurt that first season together. And unfortunately for Tanner, he hasn't seen much of the, the, the field since. Through, through no wrongdoing of his own, a couple of, you know, a, a setback, a freak injury, and he's, he's, he's out for a long time. But, and I'm with you. I think he can be a very functional quarterback in that offense, but I don't know that he's not going to get out on him again tomorrow or yeah. the next day or, or, you know what I mean, or week Good. one or, or what have you. You know, he to me is like Sam Bradford. I mean, they could flash and they could do some things, but then their season's over in three weeks. So what does it matter, right? I mean, was it Bill Parcells said that the you know first step to productivity is availability. He, so you know, for it that happened the way it did, did give me some pause and, and you know makes me wonder a little bit. And and it's been a long time now that he's been off the field. He's got to he's got to rediscover his confidence in his knee, his confidence in his body, and then his, his you know his confidence in his ability to play. And and here's the other thing, though. Who, who, what do you think of their supporting cast? You know, I I don't think the receiving core is that brutal. And I think the run game, because Kenyon Drake showed you a little something last year. Kalen Balaj, I liked him at the college level at Arizona State. He showed flashes. But, I mean, look, they're not even close to being as good as the Patriots. And I think at max, if everything, if everything in the world breaks right for the Dolphins, if Devontae Parker really steps up, if well, this defense I mean, is something, I'm, like, I'm listening. He's a first round pick. He's got some talent. I'm just saying. Hearing about Devontae Parker every spring. I'm just, I'm just saying. I don't care that he had a good OTS. No, he's, he's better than, that's not a fair comparison. He's better than Perriman's could be the worst receiver of all time. Like Parker's better than Perriman. But the point is, is that they're going no better than 10 and 6. Seven. is during OTAs. Fair. Fair. So, yeah, I, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be very good, but I do think that Tannehill could end up playing a little better than we expect. And let's hit one more guy here. I think it's curious here, and I will use the word curious, that you've got Mahomes on this list because it's his first full season as the starter, and I know they're a playoff team last year, and they jettisoned Alex Smith to D.C. for him. Yeah. But why do, you, why do you feel like – because Mahomes could go out there and completely you-know-what the bed – and he's still going to be their starting quarterback in 2019. So explain this one to no, us, he, but, the pressure well, for Patrick Mahomes. You have a whole bunch of grown men in that locker room looking at him and looking at Andy Reid and saying, okay, so wait, we, we, we thought we were close. We had a home playoff game. 
We, you know, were all in for a Super Bowl last year. We had the best season this guy's ever performed at. He was a legitimate MVP candidate. And we let him go for this kid who, in your scenario, just peed down his leg. I don't think he's to pee down his leg either. But it's not just pressure for – I mean, I think if you read the way I set it up, it's, it's sort of pressure of the individual and pressure of the collective. And I don't think there's going to be that many veterans who are, who are you know, going to be all uh, happy-go-lucky if they lose the first three games because this kid throws nine picks. I think it's going to be like our season's over. And, you know, Alex, we still had – they had Alex Smith for one more year at $16 million. He could have been the, so we went from the biggest bargain in sports. They can't. Who played like an MVP last they year. They couldn't and bring him back. They couldn't. They, not after blowing the 21-3 lead against the Titans in the wild card round. Like, it was right, it was time to move on. Time to move on or not, he's going into a situation where they just won a division title, right? Where but last, last Thanksgiving, they were still like, they were, they were the hot, sexy team who might be the team to beat the, the Patriots. I mean, they killed the Patriots might in be, week one. We were like, the wow. Best team yeah. In the NFL, they've got the NFL's leading running back. They've got maybe the best tight end in the game, right? They go and give Sandy Watkins three times what he's worth to, to put him on the outside. Like, and they lose a bunch on defense. It's on this kid. Like, it's on him. I think he's going to perform like, really well. I think he's going to be great, and I think they're going to be the Chargers in week on one. Patrick Mahomes to win right away. I mean, I think that there's pressure on Patrick Mahomes in the same way there's pressure on any quarterback. But I mean, now, who has more pressure? Than, name another young quarterback in the league who's, who's more is going to be expected of week one. How about this? Than Patrick Mahomes. How about this? I will argue that there's a quarterback in his own division that's got more pressure on him than Patrick Carr? Mahomes. Not Carr. I, you know what? You could say Carr. Rivers. Philip Rivers. Dude, Philip Rivers has made two hundred million dollars in his career. But it's not about the money kids. at this point for Philly. He's, it's not five kids. He's never like been expected kids. to do any. I know that they're kind of hot now, but they have Jason, they're a chic Super Bowl whatsoever. pick, and not like last like, year when Brinson took them when there was an asinine pick. Like they are a chic Super Bowl pick this year. The Chargers mostly because the rest of the division has major question marks. Oakland doesn't have a defense. Nobody knows what Mahomes is. Uh, well, people are in love with the pass rush, and people love Rivers. And like, I think this is a big year for Phil Rivers' legacy. Look, you're right. He's at the very least he goes down in the Hall of Very Good with the Super Bowl. He right. goes into the Hall of Fame. But I think there's yeah. a lot of pressure on Rivers this year to deliver. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And more pressure on Rivers and Carr, I would say, than Patrick Mahomes. How about that? I, I, I would, I would, I would say you could maybe argue Carr. I'm not, I'm not buying the Rivers thing. And Rivers is also at a stage of his career where I don't know. Like He's I know I have Eli on there, and they're obviously in the same situation forever. But Eli's different because they benched Eli for Geno Smith in the middle. Of, I mean, all that stuff that happened. I just don't. Eli's got two rings. They didn't, you know what I mean? The Chargers didn't go up to 32 to, to draft Lamar Jackson. They thought about it. They tried Baltimore. You know, I mean, Baltimore made the better trade. Like he doesn't have the successor sitting right behind him. He's not coming off an injury. You don't like Cardell Jones? They added Jones. to the offensive line. I mean, I, I think if, if they are, they're the same old Chargers and they go 9-7 and seven and, and, you know, manage not to make the playoffs, but Rivers puts up the numbers he always does, I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect him greatly one way or the other. Patrick Mahomes, under all this pressure, if somehow he cracks, I think that could have lasting, you know, lasting impact on him and that team. 
There's one thing that we hit that we didn't get to, which I don't think we need to spend a conversation on because the news is the news. Zach Martin got paid by the Dallas Cowboys on Monday. Highest paid guard in NFL history. Six-year deal. He's going to exceed the guaranteed money Andrew Norwell signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars this offseason. So Dallas has got three-fifths of that offensive line locked up for a while now, along with Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick. So good news for Zeke Elliott. Good news for Dak Prescott. Good news for Jason Garrett and the Dallas Cowboys. So we had a lot of breaking news on this pod. This is good stuff. Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Andrew Luck, David Johnson, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, and Jason's quarterbacks under pressure for 2018. Jason, before we get out of here, you got anything coming up on the website or on HQ? Anything you would like to promote before we uh, before we say adieu? I've got vacation coming up, so I will. Where are you uh, going? I I don't. I mean, half most of it, I'll just be around here, but I just won't be. I won't be talking to you or won't be writing four columns a Fair week enough. and won't be on HQ and, and won't be on time to shine and all that. You know what I mean? I'll be, I'll be off the grid. Um, but I am going to be at Steelers uh, mini camp tomorrow. Tomorrow um, meaning Wednesday. Yep. One, well, sorry, today or whatever. I don't yeah. know how you want to handle that. I'll be at Steelers. I'll be at Steelers mini camp this week. Um, I'm probably going to get to Ravens mini camp on Thursday. I will probably write something on one of those teams now. I'm supposed to uh, sit down with Juju Smith-Schuster. Nice. That will be part of a project that we unveil. Later in the summer, I'll have some in-depth pieces on how the Bills put their draft and all those trades together that I'm finishing up now but probably won't be rolled out on uh, .com and HQ until later in July. Uh, I had a long sit-down recently with Sean Payton. Sweet. Um, it took me inside their, uh, how they ended up with Marcus Davenport. Um, so the video component of that and the written component of that will be rolled out next month. But I've got to get all that stuff written this week if I you know, don't want to be writing during my vacation. But all right. So we'll, try so, not to. So we'll so, let you roll, buddy. Yeah. You'll yep. be seeing me in various machinations, probably while I'm away. But oh, I love machinations. Away. All right, buddy. Well, enjoy the vacation. Well-deserved. Jason, one of the hardest-working guys in the business, unlike Will Brinson, who's been off for about a month vacation from his vacation. Yeah, your, your words, not mine. No. Oh, well, I mean, I think I speak for all of us, and we love our guy, Bobby <laughs> Brinson, so it's all right. So appreciate Jason LaCanfora. Um, I will, Jason, you can run if you want because I'm going to promote myself, and that could take a while. So if you'd like to hang up, I won't okay. be offended. Good talking to you, buddy. All right. right. uh, Talk to you soon, buddy. Yep, you got it. And uh, my promotion also, so I anchor on CBS Sports HQ, as many of you guys know. Um, I'm on constantly, so if you turn it on, chances are you'll probably see me. Start at 5 p.m., go until about 2 a.m. It's a lot of work, but we absolutely love it. Love what we're building here. Very easy to watch. You heard the Roku promo earlier in the show. You can watch on Roku, any of your streaming devices. For instance, I watch on Xbox, my Xbox One, which is really cool. CBSSports.com slash live, CBS Sports app, through any of your streaming devices. Uh, CBS Sports HQ, it is awesome. It is basically what ESPN News used to be. No crap, no filler, no politics, no debate, just news, highlights, analysis, sports for sports fans like you and like me. Leave that five-star review, pick six podcast on iTunes, wherever the hell you listen to it. We really appreciate it. For Jason Lockenfora, I am Nick Costos. Stay tuned later in the week. Dave Richard's going to be back to hold down the fort until Will Brinson returns from his three-year vacation. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. 